We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello and welcome into an NFL wildcard weekend edition of the Rotowire Sports Gambling Podcast presented by our good pals over at BetMGM. As always, we've been harping on this all season, John McKechnie. If you're betting on the NFL, if you're you're betting on any sport for that matter, do it over at BetMGM.com. Use the BetMGM app and please utilize our promo code BETROTO. That's B-E-T-R-O-T-O. Your first wager is risk-free up to $1,000. If you use that promo code BETROTO, uh, John, we, we got a few things to get into in the intro uh, before we start diving into the six game wildcard slate. Uh, you have just uh, kind of crash landed back in Atlanta, Georgia earlier today. Uh, I, don't, I don't know how many days you were you were gone. You were out at the Natty uh, in L.A. watching the dogs rip off a second straight national title in dominant fashion. Uh, I know you ran into some travel issues, but uh, feel free to take this wherever you want. You can start at the beginning, you can start at the end. Uh, but either way, g- glad to see you back in Atlanta. Yes, feels good to be back. Um, yeah, just got back earlier this afternoon. Um, you know, here I am wearing wearing a shirt that's a little bit outdated. Um, we got to get... Well, I, I, I'm um, wearing my Jag shirt here, so we're, we're in good company. Okay, love it. Uh, all right, the aesthetics are pure right now. Yep. Um, but very disoriented. Had to, like, drink a bunch of pre-workout to, like, get myself back uh, on, like, on, the, on the right track for, for this pod today because... Uh, when your flight gets canceled out of Los Angeles and you're trying to get to the other side of the country uh, and then your flight leaves at 11 p.m. local, you get a little spun around. As You know, landing in Chicago at 5 a.m. and having to make another connection. I mean, I was feeling down bad. Uh, you know, I felt like all the good fortunes uh, that, that were bestowed upon me earlier this week uh had kind of recalibrated and, and, you know, for as, as great as, as uh, Sunday, Monday and Tuesday were uh, the travel gods really got to me uh, on Wednesday. And and today Uh, we even landed and uh, the jet bridge wasn't working. So we had to sit for an hour, like as we were already going to say, you had to get a running start and just jump off the plane. I, I was trying to rally support to let us use the slides. They always tease us with the slides on, on every flight. They're like, yeah, we have them. Why don't we use them? Break them out, baby. Come on. Let's have some fun. Um, but, you know, bottom line, going out to L.A. for the game, uh, 
weird weather out there too. It was like one of the like five days that it rains out there and it was pouring. So it was like a little bit gritty uh, tailgating conditions on, on Monday. Uh, but, you know, some nervous energy. We eventually get into the stadium, uh, got to, you know, we were standing in the concourse, cool stadium, but, you know, it just didn't work for that type of weather. So, you know, 360 days of the year, it's fine. But, you know, you saw the videos of people slipping on, on Twitter, uh, oh, yeah. trying to get out of there, stuff like that. But um, hung out over by like the ESPN area. got a picture with Stanford Steve, my guy. Uh, let's see. I think uh, uh, Harry Lyles as well. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, it, it, and the ESPN people were super friendly and, you know, it was just a really fun environment in there. I, I felt like the TCU fans really showed out very strong. I felt like there, were, there was a ton of them there. Uh, we sat in the TCU side of the of the stadium, and uh, you know when they when they had that touchdown drive, it was loud. It was like, okay, these you know this is this is pretty serious here. Um, but you know, we Turned know what happened in that game. Serious. We know what happened. It, it the final score is sixty five to seven. Like it was insane. So it was it was nice to have a stress free one, of course. Um, it, you know, last year I wouldn't trade how how that one ended, but by any means. And I, I'm sorry if I'm being too indulgent, but you know, it was just. It was fun to, to go up 38 to seven at the half, uh, able to meet up with, with some old college buddies that weren't exactly in our travel group. Um, so, you know, I saw, saw a buddy that I went to high school and college with. I uh, hadn't seen him since he got married like five or six years ago. So that was great. It was just an amazing, the vibes were just immaculate out there. And, you know, afterward, we walked in the rain for like a mile and a half to get to some establishment in Inglewood. And then we just took it over and, you know, uh, the touch touch tunes just oh my god we were going bonkers um so it was it was about the ho- the hottest 48 hour stretch of, of my of my life at least as a sports fan goes I, I can hear it in your voice you know just just vibes everywhere vibes as far as the eye can see um but look man that's it's a unique experience i have no problem with you spending a couple of minutes recapping that because uh, I, w- I would have said up until a couple of weeks ago, I don't know if I'll ever experience that with the Wisconsin Badgers, but look at, at the rate that uh, Wisconsin is just bringing in four, four star guys. Uh, we, we might be hot on your tail, but uh, last question on the natty before we get to NFL wildcard weekend, uh, you, you've now watched two Georgia national championship games. One, uh, a close game went down to the fourth quarter. Another that was basically decided by the end of the first quarter. What do you prefer as a fan in that situation? Obviously the number one goal is win the national championship. Do you kind of like just being able to chill and celebrate and know that there's almost no chance you could lose for, you know, the final three hours of the game? I would say, I would say, yes. I'd say there's like a lot of parallels to like uh, Clemson's two, two national championships where like the, the first one's so cathartic. It's a very close game, a very memorable ending. You know, the last touchdown that was scored is, is the one that won the game effectively, you know, whether it was Renfro or, or Keely Ringo yeah. uh, last year. And then the second time around, you just blow the other guys out of the water and then you start feeling like you're really cooking with gas and like it, the good times are never going to end. Of course, the good times have kind of ended a little bit for Clemson of late. So you can't get too, too high on the hog. Uh, so, you know, Kirby was saying after the game, you know, you can't get complacent uh, even after you've won, won two in a row. Uh, I think that, I mean, the team is going to be really good next year. You know, Stetson Bennett, an incredible collegiate career, only, only one loss, two national championships as as a guy who's a walk-on that that basically got told to to pound sand to kick rocks when Jamie Those Newman are the exact words, yeah. Todd Munkin's like, listen, pal, you're not going to play. I can't give you reps. Jamie Newman's here, and then Jamie Newman opts out, and 
you know, the rest is kind of history um, because Stetson wouldn't have, would, probably wouldn't have stuck around in 2020. Uh, he gets replaced by JT Daniels. JT Daniels gets hurt last year. And, and you know, it's just a, an insane run uh, from then on. But, you know, Stetson been a great quarterback, great collegiate quarterback. But what's it going to look like when Georgia has their Trevor Lawrence, you know, like the, <laughs> things, it, it might get a little bit out of control. I, I can like already feel the, okay. the the nation turning against Georgia a little bit. But it, I, I think what it'll be one, it'll take one more uh, in order for like the public to be officially sick of us, I think. I, I, yeah, I don't know how this somehow ended up with like a, a future outlook on the, the Georgia Bulldogs. Uh, I'm glad we went down that path, but I feel like I need to cut you off now before this gets co- completely out of control and we just completely forget to talk about the NFL at all. Oh, yeah, so yeah. let's uh, let's move forward. Wild card weekend. Um, I, you know, we, we could talk about some of the games from week 18, you know, if it comes up, but I, I don't have a ton of takeaways here. We're, we're kind of looking at a blank slate now as we move on to the NFL playoffs. Six games, of course, on the ledger this weekend. We get two games on Saturday. That's Seattle, San Francisco, and Chargers-Jags in the night window. Back-to-back Saturday night games for the Jags. Uh, Three games on Sunday. Dolphins-Bills, Giants-Vikings, Ravens-Bengals. And then the Monday nighter, Cowboys at Buccaneers. Uh, We'll do our normal exercise here, John. Normally we have, you know, 13 to 16 games to break down. But uh, any lines that are looking too high or too low to you? Um, so starting off with, with the one that's too high, I am a little bit surprised on, on the Chargers being favored. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence listed on the injury report. So that's something that we're going to have to keep tabs on. But I'm, I'm expecting him to be to be good to go. Um, is that the toe injury that that? Yeah, I, I don't think this is real. He's been on the injury mm-hmm. report. This will be six weeks in a row now, I think. Um, and honestly, I, I don't think the, he's looked impacted at all. Uh, he's been dealing with this since possibly the Baltimore game. Um, and you know, he had that game against the jets in the rain where he, he ran a bunch of times and looked totally fine there. So not worried about that whatsoever. Pretty clean injury slate for Jacksonville. Uh, obviously the, the big one that we're watching on the other side is Mike Williams. Right. Yeah. That that's, that's a huge issue. Um, you, you know, and you hate that it happened in what was not a particularly meaningful, uh, game, but, uh, with a recurring theme for us, Nick has been to bag on Brandon Staley and, Look at look at us now. I, I mean, it's just that guy can't get out of his own way. Um, but bottom line, I, I felt like that that was a line that 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 smelled a little fishy to me. And then you know, on, on the other side, as far as a line that that's too small, I hate to say it, the Ravens are so beyond cooked for this game. Like, I would I would be taking the Bengals up to thirteen and a half without even blinking, and and possibly even fourteen and a half. Like, I, I, it seems like there there's some some animosity between these two teams based on the, the, uh, the post-game comments coming out of the Cincinnati locker room and the Ravens kind of addressed them a little bit saying, you know, if, if there's smoke, then I guess there's smoke and, you know, we'll, we'll see what's oh. up. Uh, but, you know, Lamar Jackson just tweeted out before uh, we, we came on the show here, his knee's still messed up, still inflamed, dealing with basically a, a borderline uh, grade three PCL sprain. Uh, the Ravens, don't have a great history of PCL sprains. I believe that's what, what took uh, Brashad Perriman out for his entire rookie season uh, back in 2015 when he was a first-round pick. Remember that? Um, oh, yeah. So, yeah, it's it's just not looking good for, for the Ravens. And, you know, we got a sneak preview of it last week, and I, I think that the Bengals, unlike last week, are going to be able to keep their foot on the gas and kind of – they're going to want to make a statement. And for me personally, the fact that this is the standalone Sunday night game, everyone's going to be settled in, everyone's going to be watching, everyone's going to be tweeting – it's going to be a long three and a half hours for your pal. I think so. I think it might be. I mean, I don't think the Ravens have officially ruled Lamar out, but I feel like his tweets 
uh, pretty much rule himself out of this game. Uh, I mean, even Tyler Huntley, he was a partial participant in practice on Thursday. I, I think he is trending toward playing, but I, I don't really know if it matters. He, he's an upgrade over, over Anthony Brown, that's for sure, but not a big upgrade. Ravens are yeah. averaging about seven fewer points per game since Lamar went out. Uh, they're 0-4 straight up this season against teams above 500. Um, kind of surprised they haven't played more than four teams that have been above 500. Uh, however, if there's any hope of the Ravens sticking around in this game, and we should mention uh, the line sitting at nine and a half over at BetMGM that's been on the rise all week, uh, the defense is the only thing that can really keep them in this, right? Since week 10, so basically since Roquan Smith joined the team, they're up to third in rush defense, DVOA. Um, at the same time, I, I think you could feel good about them containing Joe Mixon, and I don't know if it really matters against Cincinnati. Uh, you know, the, the Bengals did uh, lose their cover streak last week just by the hook. They, it was 11 and a half. They, they got to 11, uh, but still, Joe Burrow, 19 and four ATS in his last 23. And I'm with you. I, I think maybe both teams were withholding a bit last week, but I think especially Cincinnati. Um, to me, this is a statement game. And look, if it stays under 10, I am extremely comfortable rolling with the Bengals here. Yeah, I, I just don't really see the path for the Ravens. Like even even if their defense does bow up a little bit, you know, like, like you're saying, the, the strength of it is is against the run, and that just plays into the Bengals' hands. Like that, um, you know, Marcus Peters is is supposed to be back, but it, he doesn't look like he's got it really anymore. Uh, you know, Marlon Humphrey can only cover one man by himself, so it, it Burrow's going to find the soft spot in the defense over and over and over again. I mean, look at him in the locker room after the game on side. The, the man's swag meter is just so beyond off the charts at this point. It's like he, he is going to absolutely just torch the Ravens on, on Sunday. I'm confident in that. So what about Minnesota? Three-point favorites at home against the New York Giants. We just saw this matchup a few weeks ago. I, I, I feel like in talking to people, you know, kind of around the industry this week on the radio show, on pods, like – it feels like everybody's kind of of the same mind here where I, I almost get the sense that people are rooting for the giants. Like it's like Minnesota doesn't really deserve to be in this spot. Um, with that said, I, I think I would just kind of default to whichever team is playing at home. Like if this game was in New York and it was giants minus three, I think I would take the giants, but because Minnesota's mm -hmm. at home, they are 11 and 0 in one score games. That's an NFL record. Like I, I've been torn all year between trying to give them credit for finding ways to win these games. But at the same time, I mean, there's just no statistical backing for a, a team with this kind of point differential, you know, that severe of, of like the losses that they've suffered have basically all been blowouts this year. Um, I, I went and looked up the worst point differential for teams that have won exactly 13 games. And the, the stat has been out there. I'm not the first one to look it up. Vikings have the NFL record by 66 points. They're minus three. Uh, the, the other worst 13 win team was the 2019 Packers who were plus 63. So, I mean, there's just, there's no precedent for this. Uh, at the same time, it's like, are, are we really like everybody wants to jump off the Vikings, but that means that you're on Daniel Jones in a playoff game. And look, Daniel Jones has taken a nice step forward this season, but I, I just feel like Minnesota is going to find some weird way to, to end up pulling out this game. Yeah, th this one, you know, with it with it being right at, on the magic number of, at three, it's hard to have a strong lean either way. Um, you know, I feel like the Vikings are probably going to to win this one, but you just you can never be confident because like, like you Not said, you know, the, the track record is such that it's going to be very close. So you just kind of you, you you're tempted to take the money line for, for the Vikings a little bit, but you're you don't feel good about them winning by by more than three points. It, it's just 
it's hard to back them with, with any sort of confidence right now. And, you know, that I believe the betting markets are pretty split as far as where the money's coming yeah. in on this one. You know, it's, it's about 50 50 as far as the handle uh, is concerned. So that, you know, the money is, is dead, you know, right on the middle. And yeah, it's a, it's a true coin flip at, at this particular number. And it's, it's going to be hard for me to, to do a spread play on this one. I, I think I'd be more comfortable if I'm, if I'm wagering on this one to, to just pit, pick one of the money lines. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I feel like I've talked myself in circles on this one. And like, I, I, I'm never, I'm not going to say anything profound that's going to convince myself or anyone listening that one of these sides is correct. I mean, it's, it's kind of a stoppable force versus an extremely movable object type <laughs> of game. Uh, like, you know, the Vikings have won 15 straight games as a favorite. Daniel Jones, 16 and five ATS as a road dog. Like something's got to give here. I, I don't know. I mean, does, does the Giants losing that game a few weeks ago at Minnesota, does, does that like change your tune on this at all? And I, I think they would have won it, by the way, if it wasn't for that just horrific block punt that basically gave the Vikings a free touchdown late in the fourth quarter. I feel like the way that momentum was swinging in that game, the Giants were, were going to close it out. And ultimately, you know, they end up falling three points short. Uh, so I, I think this line is correct. Like, e- even though I don't trust the Vikings, like, I, I don't think they could be dogs. I don't think this could be a pick em. Like, I, I think these are, for as different as these teams are, I still feel like they are, like, very, very equal. Um, and I also think, I mean, the Vikings defense feels like it gets worse and worse every week. Like Daniel Jones tore them up. He had his best game of the season as a passer against Minnesota. Also was doing it on the ground. Like I, I think Minnesota makes a concerted effort to at least slow down Daniel Jones on the ground. The question is, does that mean you're giving up even more through the air? So I, I, I don't know. I, I'm giving this one a firm. I don't know. Yes. And, and you know what? I'm, I'm seconding uh, your motion. On, okay, on see, that I don't one. know. The week. I, it, it, it is. And you know what? Uh, anyone who's trying to say that they have a really strong play on this one is selling you a bill of goods. All right. So you mentioned that Bengals Ravens line being a little low. I, I can agree with you on that. Um, you know, I get it, but uh, you know, it, with the quarterback situation in Baltimore, I, I think that could easily be in the double digits and maybe it will be by the time that game kicks off Sunday night. Uh, what about the 49ers who are also nine and a half point favorites at home? This is another one that I think could easily be 10, could be 10 and a half. I'm very glad that it's at nine and a half. I will be on the 49ers. I made that my best bet in staff picks because it's at nine and a half. But uh, where's the respect, if any, coming uh, from the Seattle side? Right. And, and, you know, we, we have two. It's always tricky when, when teams are squaring off for a third time. And, you know, we, we've seen it go two and oh uh, on, on the favor of uh, the Niners, of course, over the course of this season. Uh, they, they crushed them early on. And then uh, that Thursday night game that, you know, they, they put them put Seattle away pretty handily as well. Uh, I just don't it feels like the magic kind of ran out for, for Seattle in a lot of ways. I know that they, you know, it was kind of amazing for them to, to get in under those circumstances last week and to, to pull it off in overtime against the Rams and everything. But they needed an overtime win against the Rams. That doesn't bode well when the Niners are, are uh, you know, your your opponent this week. Like the Niners, I, I think, are just hell to play against. You know, they, mm-hmm. they run the ball. They're so physical. They have, you know, even their pass catchers are physical, you know, with, with George Kittle, Debo Samuel. And then the, the defense is just absolutely nasty as well. So I, I don't really see a path forward here uh, for, for Pete Carroll and the boys. It's amazing that, that they've made it this far. I definitely would not have expected them to be, you know, picking outside of the top 10 uh, this year, let alone making the playoffs. But uh, here we are. But I think that the run ends for for uh, Seattle. And I think the Niners Niners definitely cover this. I love them at nine and a half. 
Yeah, I got I got some numbers on this game via uh, the Action Network, and they they do they do an awesome article every week that just lists like as much information as you could possibly ever want on these games. Some of it is so deep where I'm just like, who is even taking the time to look this up? But uh, you know, make sure you check out that article. I, I, did, I definitely did not do this research myself. Uh, teams that sweep in the regular season, which San Francisco of course did against Seattle, and then face off again in the wild card. Uh, the teams that sweep are 12 and seven straight up. Um, not not quite as dominant as I would have expected, but still a mark in favor of San Francisco. Uh, in the last 20 years, John, 15 teams have played a postseason game on a 10-plus game straight-up winning streak. That is, of course, the San Francisco 49ers. Somehow, those teams are just seven and eight straight up in two and 13 ATS. That's that's pretty jarring. Like it, when I was reading yeah. the show notes earlier, I, I like I was like, how is that possible? But um, yeah, I guess sometimes you do run into a situation where you're, you're running too hot and you get to the postseason and, you know, things have been easy for you for, you know, over two months and all of a sudden, you know, something, you know, you get a break that goes the wrong way. All of a sudden the other, other team gets some momentum and, you know, then, you know, anything could be on the table. I always come back to uh, the Ravens and their run in 2019 and how just scorching hot they were from like September onward and then they get punched in the mouth by Tennessee and they had no answer for it. But I, I don't anticipate that be, being the case um, here with, with, with Seattle. Um, you know, Tennessee, that was a team that, that had gone up to Foxborough uh, the week before and, and, you know, beat Tom Brady on that Saturday night game. It was like, okay, you definitely need to take them extremely seriously. And the, the Ravens just di- didn't have it that night. Um, but, yeah, bo- bottom line here is dis- despite the, the jarring history uh, of, the, of those particular splits, I, I still feel – really confident in, in the 49ers. Yep. Same here. Second in rush DVOA first in past DVOA are the Niners uh, since week 10. They've just, they've been a wagon. There's just no other way to put it right now. Um, and if you're looking for any more reason to fade Seattle, um, not, not even for this game, but just future wise, no team that has ever needed help to get into the playoffs in week 18 has won the Super Bowl. Uh, I don't know how those teams have done in the wild card, but uh, maybe hold off on putting in that Seattle future uh, to, to win the Super Bowl, and we'll, we'll touch on those odds in a little bit. Um, okay, let's uh, let's get to the read, John, and then we'll we'll hit on the rest of these games. Give our, our our thoughts on Super Bowl odds. We'll get to the parlays. We'll get to the teaser of the week, which hit again in Week 18. We're on fire with the teasers. Uh, you know, John, I think you knew what you were walking into last week when you took the Browns plus two and a half as your yep. best bet. Uh, I was on Vikings minus seven and a half. It looked a little messy early on, but they, they got it done against Chicago. With all this said, should you be doing the read? Yes, but I, I can hear it in your voice. I, I don't want to put you through this. Let, let's split it up again. Okay. Uh, I, I'm glad you're, you're making that offer. I will not refuse that offer. Um, I would have been willing to to take the whole thing on, but, um, you know, I appreciate your your grace and compassion and, and you know, what, what is a, a uh, gnarly moment for your pal? All right. I'll uh, I'll kick it off. And honestly, I mean, it works out perfectly because the, the first words of this read are kick off. Kick off wildcard weekend with the King of Sportsbooks. Sign up with BetMGM using bonus code BETROTO. That's B-E-T-R-O-T-O, BETROTO. And your first wager is risk-free up to $1,000. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Michigan, Mississippi, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Puerto Rico, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., West Virginia, Wyoming, or Ontario only must be 21 years or older to wager 19 or older if you're in Ontario. 
This is a new customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. This excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Do you have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, D.C., Kansas, Louisiana, Nevada, Wyoming, or Virginia. And again, you can dial 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in Indiana, Maryland, New Jersey, or West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text Hope NY in New York. Call or text the Tennessee Red Line at 800 889 9789 in Tennessee or call 1 777 9696 in Mississippi. In Ontario, if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or the gambling of someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, Ohio, and Utah, as well as other states where prohibited. Promotional offers not available in Nevada, also not available in New York. All right, that was a breeze. I feel good about that. Just another textbook performance, even in adverse conditions. Well done. All right, so which games have we not hit on yet? We, we've basically cleared out uh, almost at least half the slate here. Uh, again, it's kind of jarring going from, from 16 down to 6. Uh, let's go to Dolphins-Bills. Biggest spread of the week. Bills, 13-point yep. favorites over the Miami Dolphins. This game is in Buffalo. Uh, opened at 10.5, was down as low as 9 earlier this week. That was early Wednesday morning. Uh, now skyrocketed up to 13. I, I know at some other books, it's, it's sitting at 13.5, so... If you're on the Bills, make sure you lock that in right now over at BetMGM on the BetMGM app. Uh, man, I, I'm on the Bills. I'll tell you that. I, I don't really see a path here for the Dolphins, uh, assuming it is Skylar Thompson. And we know for sure it won't be Tua. I think technically there's a chance it still could be Teddy Bridgewater. But uh, at this point, it's looking pretty likely that it's going to be the Skylar Thompson show. Yeah, and that, that's just such a bummer. You know, like, as, it, as it pertains to this game, like this – you know, what, what we saw uh, the week before Christmas was a very good game up in up in Buffalo on that Saturday night. Like it was, mm-hmm. you know, I think everyone was expecting the, the Dolphins to get kind of pushed around. And they they really, you know, gave Buffalo everything that it could handle. Obviously, it beat Buffalo earlier this year. But the, the quarterback injuries, especially the, the 201 is just so it just really takes the air out of, out of this one. So, you know, 13 and a half, it's a lot to, to play around with. Um, but, you know, th- this is a divisional rematch. I-, I think the Bills want to kind of like, you know, reassert themselves into the conversation as being the best team in the AFC right now. And I, I think that they are just going to, you know, be- Miami's just not going to score more than like 13 points in this one. And I-, I just have a hard time with-, with all the short drives that Miami's probably going to have. That defense is going to get tired. They're going to get leaned on a little bit. And, you know, it's just going to be tough for, for them to hold the Bills basically under 30 points in, in this one. So the, the Bills would have to kind of like opt to, to not go full bore for 60 minutes in order for them to not cover this one. Yeah, I agree. I think that's a good breakdown. Um, you know, with the Bills, it's like they, they are one of those teams that does tend to mess around a little bit. You know, they'll, they'll play with their food. We, we saw it just this last week against New England in what was obviously a meaningful game for, for New England, but a meaningful game for Buffalo as well uh, in terms of seeding. And, 
you know, they were down 17-14 midway through the third quarter, ended up winning that game by 12. Like they're they're one of those teams that even when it feels like things aren't going well, you you look away for like 10 minutes and all of a sudden they've reeled off 17 points. So I I think this is a game where like <clears throat> even if Buffalo comes out a little sluggish, if they're they're not taking it seriously early on, like I I feel good about their ability to end up covering this game even if they don't play all that well. And if you're looking at the total, I mean 43 and a half uh, so not the lowest total of the week, by the way, the third lowest Ravens Bengals is 40 and a half Seahawks, 49ers, 42. I, I have no, like no issue uh, with Buffalo carrying their side of this, but like how many points are the Dolphins score in this game? Right. Exactly. I'm, I, I would bet against them having two touchdowns even, you know, like it, it's right in kicking uh, this time of year in Buffalo, probably not, not a cinch either. So, so, I mean, there, there could be some like missed opportunities that they have, on top of all that. So I, I, again, I keep coming back to the, the Dolphins probably scoring 13 or, or fewer points in this one. So, you know, that the bills are going to need to hang 30 plus in order for us to get the over, but I, I could definitely see it happening. Looking at about uh, 26 degrees at kickoff in Buffalo, no wind, no precipitation. So that's nice, but uh, not exactly dolphin weather. Uh, that's for sure. And and you did mention, it. I mean, we, we got, a, we've got two great games between these teams this season, but both of those were with Tua. And this is just a completely different team when he's not right. And I mean, that goes without saying, but I mean, like Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, like those guys, you know, like I, I'd be looking at the under uh, on their receiving props. Like they've, they've just kind of fallen off a cliff when Thompson is the quarterback. I, I do hope that they, they cut Thompson loose, or at least maybe he's willing to take some more chances because he, he's been really conservative when he's been in there this season. And, you know, last week specifically against the jets, like you're, you're just trying to win that game, get out with a W get in the playoffs. So, so I understand it, but I mean, I think everything's got to be on the table this week. Like, you got to take some chances. We might see some flea flickers, might see some, you know, double reverses. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think if you're the Dolphins, things got to get a little wonky if you have any shot here. Yeah. I mean, I, I would love to see them try to just run Skylar Thompson a bunch uh, because he was sure. really good at that at Kansas State. Like, it, you know, you, you'd have to kind of reshape the offense a little bit for this one. But you, you if you're McDaniel, you've kind of known for a little while that uh, you're going to be limited as far as what you can do in the throw game. You know, Skylar Thompson is someone who had an 11 touchdown or 11 rushing touchdown season during his time at K-State, got banged up a little bit in, in 2020 and 2021, more so in, in 20. Um, but, you know, he's a mobile guy rushing for, you know, routinely over 300 yards a season earlier in his K-State career. And you know what? The, the, the peripheral stats as far as how he's performing as a passer, you know, unsurprisingly, they are – they're not good. He's not setting up his receivers for good yards after the catch. Um, and his bad pass percentage is 25.7. So one out of every four throws for him, look at me doing math on the fly, is oh, a yeah. bad pass. Like that, just let him run. Just, you know, get get the Bills a little bit uncomfortable uh, in this one. You got you got to zig where the other team is zagging, I, I think. And, you know, that that's kind of their only hope of, of ugling this one up enough to stay competitive. But even if he plays like the game of his life, I, I don't really see them. Uh, coming away with the upset here. So it's been 21 years since the Dolphins' last postseason victory. Uh, can, can you name the only team with a longer streak without a postseason win? Would it be the Lions? It would be the Detroit Lions. 30 years for the Detroit oh. Lions. I believe the I believe the Bengals were at like 20 something prior to last year, so they they would have been ahead of Miami. But yeah, it's uh it's pretty bleak. I, I don't think the Dolphins get it done this week. Um, you know, is, is there any, is there any like team of destiny vibes going on with the bills? 
I, I'm not picking up on, on them quite as strongly uh, that, you know, my antenna, okay. you know, outside my apartment trying to, to gauge the team of destiny. Yeah. Um, it, it's currently, it's, it's giving me strong readings on either the Bengals or the 49ers. Those, those are the, okay. the kind of the, the, the teams that it's picking up on the most. And, you know, I, I defer to the antenna. Sure. Yeah. As, as anybody would in that situation, uh, let, let's backpedal quick to chargers Jags. We talked about that a little bit earlier uh chargers two and a half point favorites that line's been bouncing around all week at bet mgm it was down at one earlier in the week was at one and a half then two now two and a half uh don't love that um and it, it kind of goes counter to the mike williams news and i mean at this point as of thursday evening no idea if he's gonna play did not practice on thursday uh i think the good news is that he he doesn't have like an actual injury it sounds to me like just a, a bruised tailbone or you know some some sort of bruise on the back so my guess is he ends up trying to play in this game. I, I think the question is, does he make it through the game? I mean, you, you take a hit to the back for a guy who's seemingly like always going up for jump balls and landing hard. Um, I, I think it's fair to question what that looks like. Um, but uh, you know, I'm trying to kind of canvas as many opinions as I can that are, that are pro Jags. So uh, are, are you on that side? Jags plus two and a half on Saturday night? Uh, I absolutely am. Um, I, I, you know, <laughs> With not a ton of success, frankly, but um, I, I've just not really been on the Chargers at, at a lot of different spots this year. That they got to go across the country, road game. Duval's going to be nuts uh, on Saturday night. We we got a little glimpse of it, the playoff atmosphere uh, last week there, and yeah, I just don't feel like uh, that. I don't know if the Chargers ha- ha- are going to be able to, to have success. And we, we've seen at different points this year when, when Justin Herbert is, is lacking his full complement of weapons, you know, it, it's just so much easier for defenses to, to roll coverage over to whichever one is healthy between Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. The, the depth that they have at the receiver spots is, is pretty bleak, frankly, they, they don't have a lot of speed. So, you know, the, I just think that, that that just really plays well in, into the Jags' secondary hands. The, the Jags' defense looked absolutely ferocious uh, on uh, on Saturday night last week. You know, I think the Titans have a little bit more of a moniker or a little bit more of a reputation with their defense. But uh, the, the front seven that, that has been built there in Jacksonville with all that young talent uh, is really impressive. Trayvon Walker uh, looking great. Tyson Campbell looking great. Um, the, you know, the secondary look, looked good as well. Rashawn Jenkins making a lot of plays. So I'm, I'm liking the Jags defense in this yeah. spot. And, you know, I, I just think that uh, on the other side, the, the offense seems to be clicking well, that they have a lot of speed uh, in, in their receiving core. Uh, I think that, you know, that avoid Derwin James a little bit. And I think you're going to be in pretty good shape if you're, if you're the Jags, maybe get ETN going a little bit in the passing game as well. And, you know, this sets up pretty nicely for, for Jacksonville. So I, I love them as home dogs. You mentioned that Jags D and you know, a, a lot of the metrics still don't really love it. Uh, but last three games, they've allowed 22 total points. And yes, that is to Josh Dobbs, Davis Mills and Zach Wilson slash Chris Streveler. So I, I understand the caveats there, but uh, they, they do seem to making, be making some sort of incremental progress on that side of the ball. Uh, I, I did see a stat via football outsiders today that the Jags are 29th in adjusted sack rate. Uh, that is not ideal. I think you got to get some amount of pressure on Justin Herbert in this game, but I, I'm feeling okay about it. I, I really am. I'm kind of talking myself into it uh, throughout the week. And look, especially if Mike Williams is out or limited, I think that really changed things for the Chargers offense. Uh, this will be only the fifth home playoff game in Jacksonville history. First time ever in program history that they are a home dog in a playoff game. 
Uh, and John, I don't know if you saw this on Twitter earlier today, but the the Jags announced that former star defensive tackle John Henderson will be doing the ceremonial first Duval before the game. Yeah, I just smacked my own head. Yeah, just like just like he used to. Uh, I I remember that very vividly. I think it was like it was like a Sunday night game or something. They did a promo. Uh, showing him like I think he had an assistant coach just like come and smack him in the face a bunch of times I was I was watching that with my family of course like kind of holding them hostage like we're watching this game (laughs) and my my parents were just horrified like you this is the team that you chose to root for (laughs) yeah that's absolutely right boom like (laughs) just oh man yes Uh, mom that is who I'm rooting for so I so in in your heart of hearts you know if if you had for Mm. your your druthers your first pick to to have the the first Duval which player would you pick? Would it be him? I mean, he's got to be pretty high on the list just in terms of like overall intensity, if that's what you're looking for. I, I will say like my favorite, favorite player growing up was Keenan McCardell. So, you know, he, he will kind of always hold a special place in my heart. But I think if you're, if you're looking to galvanize a stadium full of 70,000, like really drunk people, I think John Henderson's the guy. I think so too. Yeah. He's like, he's like a folk hero. He's so massive and yeah. just like, it, just a, one of those, like classic space eaters in the middle of the defensive interior that you, you, you don't really get those guys uh, too much anymore. Sort of a, sort of a dinosaur at this point in today's mm-hmm. day and age. So yeah, no, I'm, I'm all in on, on, on Henderson. I, I love that call. Okay. So we've been, uh, we've been burying the Monday night game so far, John we Cowboys have. bucks, Cowboys, two and a half point favorites on the road. Uh, that has been the line basically all week. Haven't seen a ton of movement there. Total sitting at 45 and a half at bad MGM. So we're looking at, you know, at kind of a, an implied score of like 24, 21, 25, 20, something like that. Uh, that, that feels about right to me. I think I went Cowboys 24 bucks, 20 uh, in, in my beating the book column this week. I, I'm on Dallas. I, I really don't feel good about it. That's for sure. And, no. you know, I, I feel like we've, we've kind of known that this game was coming for a while. Like it, it always felt like Tampa Bay would inevitably find a way to win the NFC South. And of course they did. And it never really felt like Dallas had all that great of a chance to get the one seed. Philly ends up taking care of business. So we, we, it feels like we've had like a month to kind of start thinking about this game. And here we are. Like we knew this narrative would come, right? Tom Brady, are, are you really going to bet against him at home against the Cowboys team that, that doesn't handle pressure well? He's never lost to the Cowboys in his career. Uh, but what are your initial thoughts on this one? And uh, Ed Werder, uh, you know, longtime uh, Cowboys yep. beat guy. Um, he had an interesting tweet about the the, the Cowboys' performance splits uh, on grass versus on turf, and they, they've you know obviously they play on turf at home, so that's that's going to juice up some of the numbers a little bit. But um, they've been a much better team on turf than than they have been on on grass this year, which so a little bit of an interesting little thing. But yeah, like you said, this has been almost like a self fulfilling prophecy since like mid December, where it's like. Oh, they're going to get the Cowboys and they're going to bounce the Cowboys, even even if they're not good, even if it looks ugly as sin right now, as far as how the Bucs are playing, they're still stacking wins. And you know what? Once Tom Brady's in the playoffs, it's hard to bet against them. And, you know, once the once the Cowboys are in the playoffs, they are very fun to bet against because they, they just never seem to really put it together. They always seem to find a way to, to lose a game. You know, the, the, the Niners game last year, you know, Packers game. Uh, Dak's rookie year. I mean, it, the the list goes on. Like they've had so many playoff duds that it's it's hard to really have a ton of trust in them. Um, but I'm even despite all that, even all, with all their January failures, I still feel like this is a this is a really good kind of explosive Cowboys team. Um, I, I think that the pass rush, especially against that that kind of banged up 
uh, Buccaneers offensive line is going to create some problems. I know we saw this game play out uh, first week of the season and everything in Dallas. Bucks looked better at the time. Dak gets hurt in that game, everything like that. Long-winded way of saying that I, I do think that the Cowboys are going to be able to, to go in there and, and, and get the win. So, yes, put me down as counting out touchdown, Tom. So I, I got some numbers to throw at you. and Again, these are via uh, the Action Network. Uh, Tom Brady, 10-2 ATS in his career as a home dog. He's only been a home dog counting this game 13 times in his entire career. That is insane. <laughs> that, yeah, uh, what? Like 20 plus years and that's, that he's only been a dog, like his exact jersey number of times. Insane. Absolutely insane. Uh, Brady has 35 postseason wins in his ledger. All the other quarterbacks in this year's playoffs combined have 17. So more than double that uh, for Brady. He is 20 and eight straight up on Monday nights in his career. And Tampa Bay is the first team since 1999 to make the playoffs with fewer than five ATS wins during the regular season. So we, we've kind of been on this all year. Tampa Bay is, is just never covering. They're favored pretty much every week uh, for unknown reasons. But uh, yeah, I, I don't, it, it, what, what makes this game tough for me is like I, Dallas is the more talented team. They've been the more consistent team. They have the higher upside, especially on offense week to week, but it feels like they're coming in with no momentum, you know, just a, a weird, terrible loss last week against Washington. Like it's been really four or five weeks in a row where they just haven't looked good. Dak has a pick in seven straight games, nine of his last 10. Uh, Dak has never even covered in the playoffs. So like there, there's all these things that are, are kind of working against Dallas. Uh, you know, Mike McCarthy is the head coach. We, we need to mention that. <laughs> Um, at the same time, I, I think as long as, as long as they could keep Tampa Bay under like 21 points, which is very doable. The Bucks don't score a lot of points. They, they've had like two games all year, uh, where, where they've had explosive scoring performances. And one of them came last week against Carolina. I, I am not sold or week 17. I should say, I'm not sold that they figured anything out. Like I, I think Mike Evans just beat two of the worst cornerbacks in football for three long touchdowns. And they forced three turnovers on Sam Darnold. You know, it's like, to me, it's pretty simple. Like, I, I don't think they just magically solved their issues on offense in that win. It was a nice win, a big win. They needed it. You got to give them credit for that. But at the end of the day, I still think this is the same old bucks. I do too. Um, yeah, I'm much more inclined to say that that was a blip that then like a sign of things to come. Like maybe, maybe they're going to, they're going to try it a little bit more because they kind of got away from it. But at the same time, yeah, I mean, I, I feel, the Cowboys do need to be careful with, with that. You know, Trayvon Diggs can, can, you know, take some bad gambles sometimes and, and gets and gets burned for it. So, you know, if Brady isolates that and connects on, on a deep shot to Evans, you know, that, then that's going to be a big problem. But I, I'm just the, – the entire season sample says that this is not an explosive Buccaneers offense. And like you said, one of their explosive games was against a, you know, not – not particularly like gelled and established. There's some pieces on that Carolina defense, but it's not like an overly imposing unit at this point. And that, that game, I believe, was, was at home too. So it's like, eh, how much credit do we need to get to give them for that one? Yeah. All right. So in summation, I'm on Dallas. I don't feel good about it. I, I just, I think the, I think the Bucks are not going to do a ton on offense. And I think Dallas, even if it's ugly in the first half, even if Dak struggles, even if he you know commits a turnover or two, I, I think they're they're going to have enough chances to score. And if they could get to, like I said, 24, 25 points, I think that's probably enough because I, I really don't see Tampa Bay having a whole lot of success uh, on offense against this team. They're not going to be able to run the ball whatsoever. So I, I think if Dallas can at least just limit the, the long plays, the, the you know, the, if you could just prevent Mike Evans from having two 60 yard touchdowns, I think they're going to be in okay shape. 
So what do you did um the way that like the splits came in for this game did that influence the way the direction you wanted to go with it at all where you know this is a pretty public play as far as the Buccaneers are concerned like that you know they're getting uh, a significant amount more of the money uh, yeah. against the spread uh, than the Cowboys are so it feels like you know again that narrative starts coming up uh, like a month ago when it looked like that this was a, a match made. Uh, in heaven, uh, it was going to happen one way or the other. And all of a sudden, it just feels like the, the Bucks are just like a very public play. And I, again, I understand it that we have, yeah. again, all the failures from, from the from the Bucks, And you also, or I'm sorry, the, the Cowboys, you also have Tom Brady. So, I mean, I, I get it. But I, I think that also just kind of like makes me even a, a little bit stronger uh, towards the towards the Cowboys in this one. Yeah, I'd agree with you on that. I, I wouldn't say I factored it too heavily. I, I think people just love the Tom Brady narrative, right? That's that's what it comes down to. It's easy to talk yourself into it. And I, I think a lot of people just kind of want to see the Cowboys fail very publicly uh, mm-hmm. on a stage like this. So it, it's it's kind of an easy narrative to root for, I suppose, if you're a Brady guy. But I, I just I kind of want to stick to my guns. Like that's that's essentially what I wrote in beating the book was that I'm, I'm not gonna like I've been anti Bucks all year. I don't think they're a good team. I'm not going to jump off of that now just because they put up 30 on the Carolina Panthers a couple of weeks ago. And yeah, I mean, it's really, it's more a pick against Tampa than it is in favor of Dallas is how I would put it. Yeah. Well said. All right. Let's check in on some Super Bowl odds real quick. Then we'll get to parlays a teaser of the week and we'll get out of here. Uh, just, just look at the lines over at bet MGM. Uh, I'm not going to ask you to, to pick who wins the Super Bowl. We'll, we'll get to that at some point, but if you had to make a, a value based bet right now, uh, what would it be? Um, it would be the Cincinnati Bengals. I know that their, their road gets a little bit tougher, um, you know, with uh, having to play this weekend and, and everything, the way the seating uh, worked out. But um, I just feel like them at, at plus 750, I think they have a very legitimate chance. Like I, I basically give them about equal chance as the Bills or the Chiefs. And yet, you know, we're, we're talking about it like a, you know, four, you know, four to one type of difference where the, the Chiefs are – plus 325 bills plus 375 and you can get the Bengals at plus 750 when I value them basically the same as those other two teams. That's just the way, the way I got to go with it. And Joe Burrow is said it earlier. He's just a stone cold, stone cold killer. Um, Just bar none. The guy, the guy has ice water in his veins and I, I wouldn't bet against him. It's very difficult to, to lose a Super Bowl one year and then get, get back to the mountaintop. But if anyone can do it, I'd say it's him. Yeah, I think that is a perfect explanation. I think to me, Bills-Bengals is a 50-50 game, regardless of where it's played. And it would, you know, it'll be in Buffalo if we if we get that matchup. I don't think the Bengals care about that. I, I think they firmly believe that they could beat the Bills. Uh, so I, I follow that line for sure. I mean, plus 750 on the Bengals. I think that probably is the single uh, best value bet right now. I'm also not hopping off the Eagles. I think everybody's kind of gravitating to the 49ers in the NFC and, and for good reason. But I think the Eagles at five to one, are still a reasonable value. Uh, they are the one seed. They get a buy this weekend. That, that is an advantage, even if we expect the 49ers to roll over Seattle. Um, I, I would draw the line at Charger 25 to 1. I wouldn't bet it. Uh, I, you know, I, I think once you get beyond that top five, there's not a lot of value there. But Chargers 25 to 1, you could, you could maybe talk me into it. I, I don't have a lot of interest in Dallas right now. Uh, certainly not betting Tampa Bay to win the Super Bowl. And then you're just throwing money away if you're putting in a future on Minnesota, Baltimore, Jacksonville, teams like that. You're not even going to do a little sprinkle just in case on the Jags? They got to win it. They have to win the Super Bowl. 
You know, it's yeah. like it, it, it'd be one thing to it'd be one thing for them to make it. You know, I, I, I guess if, if you really want to say like they could be this year's Bengals, like whatever. Sure. I, I guess we, we kind of saw that to some degree last year. But I also think Joe Burrow is better than Trevor Lawrence. And I think T Higgins and Jamar Chase are way better than Christian Kirk and Zay Jones. Um, like the, the Bengals are just a, a much better team is what it comes down to. So if you're thinking that's going to happen two years in a row, best of luck. But, you know, the Bengals didn't even finish the job. So it's like, are, are the Jaguars going to beat the Chiefs? then beat the Bills or the Bengals and then beat the Eagles or the 49ers. Like, I mean, what, what, what would the odds be on that parlay? I mean, it would be astronomical. Yeah. Just, yeah. That I don't know. I'm not sure if numbers have been created that go that high yet. Yeah. We, we need one of those like graphic calculators that I think to do the math on that. So, um, <laughs> all right, let's get to, let's get to the parlays of the teaser, John, uh, lead it off with the afternoon delight parlay, which hit last week. You, you were on giants plus 14, Broncos minus two and a half Rams plus six. Uh, so you hit that at plus five ninety five. Nice work. Yes, that, that felt good. So I, I did land a couple of, uh, of parlays over, over the course of the season that, that felt good, especially like I was on the plane. Uh, so I was just kind of able to, able to check uh, on the Wi-Fi, uh, see what was going on in the afternoon action, saw that the things were trending in the right direction. I was, I was very pleased to see that. Um, this week, you know, a little bit off brand because you, you can't get a full afternoon uh, delight uh, with the way that this slate is broken up. But the way I am approaching it is Bengals minus nine and a half, Jaguars money line and Cowboys money line. So that that uh, adds up to plus six fourteen. So a nice little just slightly more than if you just took them all uh, against the spread. Okay, love to see the Jags money line in there. Good stuff. Uh, I'm going with the 49ers minus nine and a half um, with you on the Bengals minus nine and a half. And you know, I'm going to throw the giants in there at, at plus three. I, I, again, I don't know if they win this game. You could totally see it being like a 31 to 30 or 27, 26 type of game uh, with, with Minnesota winning. But I, I feel good about the giants covering that three. I think that number could easily be two or two and a half. Uh, so you're getting okay value there. And that comes in uh, at the standard plus five ninety five. How about the underdog parlay? Okay, so I will go with the uh, swinging for the fences here a, a little bit here. So uh, always bet responsibly, but especially for this one. Um, we got Jags and Giants money lines, and then Tampa Bay to cover, and that'll get you plus 908. Okay. Okay, so Jags money line, Giants money line, Tampa Bay plus, what is it? I'm completely like plus two and a half. Okay. Okay. All right. I, I can live with that. So kind of, kind of hedging the, uh, the initial parlay. Correct. Yeah. Cause it, the, you know, the, the other ones, as far as like the, the dolphins bills that, you know, there's no value on the money line as far as the, the bills are concerned. And and at the end of the day, even with, you know, the way that we expect that game to shake out 13 and a half points, like it's going to make for a potentially uncomfortable, you know, evening or I'm sorry, uh, afternoon, on Sunday. So uh, I just I couldn't quite get there to, to work it into the parlay. So I just went, went instead with, with, um, with the Buccaneers as, you know, a, a quote unquote underdog in this one. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously we have kind of limited pickings here and you know, you're getting into some, some pretty messy situations. If you're putting any faith in Seattle or, or Miami or, or even Baltimore, as much as it pains me to say that. So I am going with the giants, the Jags and the Bucks money lines. So you parlay those Giants got to win, Jags got to win, Bucks got to win. That gets you to plus one thousand sixty one over at BetMGM. So ours are similar. Yours is just a little bit more 
adamant that the, the, the Bucks not yeah. only cover that, they, they just straight up uh, win that game. And that, that, yeah, so that more, more stones, more onions on, on, on that one. So I dig. Yeah, I mean, at two and a half, I feel like what's the downside there? Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, we're, we're still looking at pretty significant returns. I mean, 9x, 10x, uh, if either of those hit. Uh, that brings us to the teaser. Last week, we, we hit a seven-pointer. Uh, we teased the Chiefs from nine and a half down to two and a half. That was a no-doubter. Uh, we teased Minnesota from seven and a half down to 0.5. Also a no-doubter. Uh, and then, thank goodness, we, uh, we, we teased that Cleveland-Pittsburgh total up from 40 and a half to 47 and a half. We took the under on that total came in at 42 higher than I expected, but that, that's why we teased it up, John. Uh, we hit that's that right. one at plus plus one thirty. Uh, so we're that. running it back with another seven pointer this week. Uh, and we are involving the San Francisco 49ers. We will be teasing them from nine and a half down to two and a half. So got to beat Seattle by three. Feel good about that. We're doing the same thing with the Cincinnati Bengals. Loving these nine and a half Bengals teased from nine and a half to two and a half. Got to beat the Ravens by three. And we're bringing in another total, John. We are teasing the Jags Chargers total. We're going to tease it down from 47 and a half to 40 and a half. And we're going over on that. We really are. I, I think we get points here. I know the Jags defense has been better of late, but I think this game is played in the 20s uh, for sure. I think both teams kind of pull their weight here. Uh, so I feel good about that one going over 40 and a half. I will say I, I did consider teasing Miami up to 20. And like, can they cover 20 against the Bills? And I, I, I didn't feel safe about that. <laughs> yeah, so you you went with uh, an alternate total uh, instead of yeah. the, the Dolphins safe. covering twenty. But no, I mean I, I understand the, the trepidation on that one. Yeah, uh, night games by the way this season are thirty six and nineteen to the under. Uh, so I, I I did not want to you know mess around with that number as is. That's why we're teasing it down to forty and a half. But um, I, I think with these two offenses and, and really these two defenses for that matter, I think the Jags are going to be able to run the ball uh, on the Chargers this time around. Uh, feel pretty good about that one, at least getting to 41. So that is Niners to two and a half, Bengals to two and a half, Jags Chargers total down to 40 and a half. That means we have one thing left, John. It's time to lock it up. Who are you going with? So uh, the, the week will will have started great for me, and it's going to end miserably. The Ravens are going to get smoked on, on Sunday night. There's just no way around it, in my opinion. Give me the Bengals minus nine and a half. All right. The, the, the classic emotional hedge. I like it a lot. Um, I, I think this one is, is founded in more than emotion this time around. Uh, so Cincy minus nine and a half. I'm going with the other nine and a half pointer, San Francisco minus nine and a half at home against Seattle. Uh, did, did you consider that one too? Like, are, you're just like, if you kind of gun to your head, like if you had to choose one or the other, you're a little more confident in Cincy. Uh, correct. Yeah. I, I feel Feel better about Cincinnati in the, in this one. Um, it, it was close though. I mean, the, the Niners obviously extremely um, appealing as well. And that you know, earlier in the year, I, I definitely said some foolish things like, "Oh, the, the the Niners just don't seem to be capable of blowing teams out." They absolutely are. Uh, they could absolutely uh, cover that one. That was that was definitely the the second option in my, in my opinion. Uh, but the Bengals, to me, it just I keep coming back to it. I just don't see a way in which uh, the Ravens are able to hang around, especially you know considering the quarterback situation. I, I mean, I would have even considered it if Lamar Jackson was coming back in, in yeah. his first game back. I, I don't think it would have gone well either way. I do think you're right about that. Like if, if by some miracle, like Lamar were to play in this game, I, I just, you know, coming off of that injury and what, six weeks of inactivity, I, I really don't think it would matter. Um, my, my only concern there is just, you know, if the Ravens defense really does step up and they can slow that game down, um, you know, low total there, 40 and a half. Uh, whereas, I mean, not that the total is all that much higher. It's 42 in, in Seattle, San Francisco, but 
I, I'm just really confident in the Niners' ability to put up points. It's like even if the defense has a letdown, it's like I, I, I just can't see them winning this game by fewer than 10. I mean, all they do is, is score like 33 to 38 points every week. Yeah, the, it's like clockwork. It's been incredible that that they've yeah. been able to to pull this off, you know, with three starting quarterbacks over, over the course of the season. And they're they're riding into the into the postseason with with Mr. Irrelevant. But, you know, it, we have a decent sample on, on him now. He, he can operate the offense, if nothing else. Yeah, the, the Trey Lance days, just that seems like five years ago. And we'll, we'll have plenty of talks uh, in the offseason, I think, about where he fits into their future plans. But uh, that'll do it for Wild Card Weekend. Uh, great stuff, John. I appreciate you, uh, you know, flying cross country, uh, making this work and uh, getting the pre-workout in your system and uh, you know, br- bringing the heat, as you always do. Oh, much appreciated, sir. It's uh, I always look forward to this one, you know, and uh, yeah, th- this was definitely like a, a beacon of, of hope at, during the, the nadir of my, my travel woes uh, over these last 24 hours. It's like, I'm going to get back and I'm going to get on the pod and it's going to be good. So I'll, I'll, all's well, it ends well, you know? Exactly, man. All right. We're going to continue doing these pods throughout the entire postseason. So make sure uh, you, you save, you subscribe, you, you resubscribe, you, you leave us some reviews on your podcast app of choice. Uh, that, that really helps us out a ton. And please make sure you're using that promo code BetRoto over at BetMGM. You can do it on the BetMGM app, BetMGM.com. Again, that is BetRoto, B-E-T-R-O-T-O. Best of luck this weekend.